Welcome to the Magic Hour, a safe haven for lost stories and curious folk. On today's episode, we're exploring a topic I feel deeply passionate about. Let me ask it in the form of a question. What is it about a good villain? Isn't it juicy sometimes to think about what sort of villain you'd be? And what (laughs) makes for a good counterpart? The catalyst for good hearts to do good deeds in reaction to some villainous act. Some encroaching of violence that needs a heroic character. Well, (laughs) there's balance in there. I mean, some violence is necessary. Or is it? Is it natural? Is it unnatural? And also, some villains are not as easy to write off as enacting with malintent. They're caught up in horrific events. Um, What would catch you up? What would it take to turn you into a villain? Why do antagonists necessarily define the protagonists? What do they represent for us? And what common tropes show up in our collective stories? We are artists, lovers of stories, and we're also friends in deep communication. So we, of course, have picked apart this topic of sides and battles lots of times. But more deeply, we wanted to understand the scope of our favorite characters and attributes. Let's unpack um, a bit of this and add some context to this before we reflect on our favorite villains. So the first context, I think, is a really important one, eh, Pixie? Uh, Yeah. uh, The caveat, we're not talking about religion. We're not talking about the devil, Although some people could argue the devil is the main villain in, like, religious um, dogma. It's not how we – that's not how we would, we would approach this. I have my own thoughts on the devil. Indeed. Um, I know you do too. So that won't be a part of this conversation. I also had an aha moment where I realized as I was trying to list villains and um, try to get, like, a broad global scope – that there's a really interesting differentiation or delineation between like a villain in my head versus mm-hmm. a monster versus gods. And so I find it interesting that, you know, culturally we have tales where there's gray areas on what constitutes a villain versus a monster versus ill intent, like, <clears throat> you know, the evocative trickster archetype um, or some like a death incarnate or like a deathless one, um, which kind of has like many faces not necessarily like a villain, but some some forces that can be provoked and be in your favor or not, or in general, just like a malevolent force, like um, La Llorona um, in Latin America. She's she's a character, but I wouldn't categorize her as a villain. Um, so yeah, there are like negative connotations and also motivations that can, that we can perceive as right and wrong heroic or villainous but i think what truly comes up for us when we say that makes that's a good villain so (laughs) what is that yeah it is i've heard so many people say it and so have i and it's an interesting thing to break down because it's strange that we as humans like are like yeah and they're like why am i (laughs) and that's what we're here to talk about um and also, we kind of we kind of broached this topic a little in The Witcher. I'm realizing uh, mm-hmm, about mm-hmm. 
gods and who's the real monster who's the real monster Mm. but this is a little different because villains is as you say a different world Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so our fave villains (laughs) (laughs) and it's so interesting because i came up with two that just were like these are the ones and ruto came up with like a party (laughs) scope a little gathering of villains, which is great. I'm excited for us to talk about these. So, Bruto, can you... Do you want to say who your villains are? Yeah, so my muchness came out quite a bit. I have a lot to, <laughs> a lot of characters, as you say. Um, and uh, my list, the, my final list that I have for y'all today is Man, as portrayed in Fern Gully, Julie of the Wolves, mm-hmm avatar so in those three characters like the folly of man or the villainous attributes of man are very apparent um and it's potentially colored my whole relationship to i consider myself of mankind <laughs> i really came to head with that very intensely with fern gully because they were cutting down the rainforest and i was like fuck all y'all i'm a fairy and then julie of the wolves she escapes mankind and is protected by wolves based on a true story by the way and then you know she's like in search for her father then it turns out like her father is not good well that's the kind of beginning premise and so then obviously avatars like mankind absolutely wreaks havoc on um the planet that i'm having trouble remembering am i right in thinking that when you say man, you literally mean the gender of man? Or are you using man as in, like, um, just people? I wouldn't say it's mutually exclusive because we are living in the patriarchy. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Short <Curious>. answer. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's whole other... Its own podcast. <laughs> whole other conversation. <laughs> so... We just stopped ourselves from going somewhere. Sure okay. Did. Um, Next uh, so, on my list. Okay. Oh. Yes. Yes, well, so so just to summarize, mankind meaning the human race kind of. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. As a whole. Yeah. I feel it. And then conversely, Agent Smith in the Matrix. Oh, he's a good one. Terrifying villain. Just that idea yes. of being like subsumed and like your whole mm-hmm. soul being eaten up into a machine. So scary. I remember that being really disturbing to me. Um. Because I was young enough to be impressionable. Um, then obviously it wouldn't be us if we didn't mention the Skeksis. I want to do a whole episode just on them. Just on the Skeksis. Um, and then oh, this is where it gets deeply Rudo mythology. My personal mythology around my love of these three Disney version uh, uh, characters. <laughs> Jafar. <Woo-hoo. laughs> Ursula. And Maleficent. Yeah. Um, so being of the age of, you know, Disney being kind of part of who brought me up. Um, yeah, me too. Definitely Jafar was my first foray into understanding like um, Arabian Nights and um, Tales of Scheherazade. So Jafar, as Disney portrayed him, is hypersexualized. I, I mm. don't know if that's necessarily true. Y'all come at me in the comments about whether Jafar is truly (laughs) as sexually manipulative in the originals. Mm. 
but um that plays into like a lot of interesting shadowy aspects of sexuality ursula because she's this like amazing fat powerful dark um like um soul eating like spirit eating entity which again really fun to kind of play in that realm or investigate my relationship to that energy um also there's this really beautiful gay narrative behind the inspiration behind Ursula because the Disney's version was inspired by a really infamous drag queen, but then played, but then vocalized by a really amazing um, theater and musical actress as well. So like the kind of um, history behind the making of that character is really cool. And then Maleficent, um, I just so specifically like her whole look, her fashion, and the way they drew her was just, mwah, love it. Okay. Style. Mm-hmm. Style. Big old statement ring. <laughs> Heck yeah. And the bird and the familiar. Horns. And the horns. <laughs> the horns. Yeah. <laughs> um, the nothing from Neverending yeah. Story was yeah. the stuff of nightmares of my childhood. Yeah. The stuff of nightmares. Now that I'm going to, I'm going to copy and slide into my list as my third one, because yes. And also I'm curious, you know, the wolf, the wolf is the nothing, isn't he? Yeah. Isn't he kind of one and the same? I mean, that haunts my mm-hmm, dreams mm-hmm, still. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember being like, I want to watch Neverending Story and then immediately kind of regretting my choice because mm-hmm. I knew I'd be going to that part. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So good. That's a, I mean, but the nothing can I say some things on the nothing? Yeah. Do you mind? Yeah. It's episode on villains. The nothing <laughs> the nothing is nature. Like the nothing is I, I think it's important for me to share that lately what I've been watching and consuming as I'm doing things in my life at home is this um HBO series from a while not that long ago. It's called How the Universe Works, and I highly recommend it to anyone who's interested in how the universe works and it i will link it in the notes and as beautiful and magical as it is it's also ruthless and brutal and like about how the the cycles of life and the stars and the galaxies and everything to me the the nothing is that feeling of what's next i don't know the unknown the black holes the death like it's just that feeling in human psyche of yeah. absolute mystery, and and in that and in that story, I think there's a million, not a million, but many like um, metaphors we could make because I think in that particular story, it's the loss of imagination that's kind of or the loss of yes, yes, th- that's taking over the world. But mm-hmm. there's something else in there too that I think is really important. Yeah, and that creature i guess i think it's fun to play around with that um that trope because yes um the void or implosion or like the yeah vacuuming in the absence of is natural yeah. um which looks violent to us because it's you know destroying what we know even like a wildfire yeah is destruction but it's generative yeah, and actually after in that story, things do regenerate. 
So it's a really interesting, there's so many little lovely moments in the nothing that make it so terrifying and also kind of weirdly normal. Mm. Speaking of like terrifying, also Sauron, um, remember being, it was this kind of the, there's something very similar with Sauron and other kind of villainous attributes in storytelling, which is kind of like we're running from and we're continuously pursued by. And that like terrifying determination to destroy and that you're running from it. Again, the stuff of nightmares. Great, the great villain to represent like the like the we're running from thing. To me, Sauron and the Nothing encompass all the other characters we're listening. To me, they're kind of like the the umbrella under which everything else can fall. Because Sauron and the Nothing feel like the all-encompassing darkness that's a little more broad. And then these other characters have very specific attributes. But Sauron, to me, feels like an energy force. Because you never really see what he looks like. He kind of is a shapeshifter. And then... The nothing is nothing. Well, it's interesting that you say that they're the umbrella because I would say that there's a very interesting and important third um, archetype that isn't of that umbrella. And that's like the villain that isn't really entirely a villain. It's like the result of unintended consequence. I mean, that's like yeah. the the um, the Batman conundrum. Mm. And it's Magneto's conundrum. Um, mm-hmm. which you'll talk about. And oh, also, yeah. um, the I think it's very telling that our society is now obsessed with um, the role of the anti-hero. Um, mm. So I was, uh, I had a conversation with ChatGPT for the very first time. And this was, <laughs> this was my topic that I was querying ChatGPT on. And I'm so grateful because um, what one of the results that came up was... Um, Lisbeth uh, Salander from Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. And she is absolutely mm. this anti-hero. Um, you know, things... She was a victim and then became a hero for the powerless. And I feel like that's a... But she, like, does, like, pretty violent things in reaction to violent things that happened to her. So what I find really interesting is the rise of these kind of anti-heroes like Elizabeth um, Salander, but then also Wolverine, Han Solo, um, you know, these complex characters that are dealing with... You could go both ways. Yeah, they're dealing yeah. with complexity. So like there's this kind of other villain-esque realm that doesn't feel at all related to Sauron and the nothing, which is like, I guess, like the complexity of humanness yeah i think for me um yeah i agree i think for me like sauron he just feels non-specific i don't feel any kind of i don't have a vision in my head of who he is or his personality i just feel like he is the other side of nature and I think that's how, like, there's this beautiful, like, life-filled side and there's this darker, rotting side. And you need both. And I and I, and I I know how Tolkien's kind of mythology and his mythos in his head a little bit. So I feel like that's where he was. That's how I've interpreted what he created. And um, because he was very religious and he was thinking about the devil a lot, I think, in a way. So I view Sauron as more a symbolic 
energetic force. Same with the nothing. But once again, what's so cool about all these things is depending on who you are, you'll interpret it differently, which is what makes it so fascinating. Yeah. So like Sauron represents to me like power hungry. Sure, sure. Yeah. Um, and when I think about um, the the White Witch and the Snow mm. Queen, um, they're kind of hungry for um, forming the status quo. Like mm. nature is this way. I want it entirely changed. I want the world to be governed by my desire for how the world should be. But it's all it's born out of that shard, that pain. You know, they've been hurt. They've been wronged. And that's why they're doing it that way. Yeah. They've lost all perspective. Yeah. And they also happen to just like on the spectrum of violence. They're on the high end. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anta- antagonistic. <laughs> or the white witch. Uh, you mean. So the witch, the witch archetype is kind of just like the high end of the antagonistic violent. Yeah. But then. They're kind of sadistic too. I feel like the nothing and Sauron are like um, the epitome of you know yeah they're at the top yeah um and um so like the thing that i felt like was like slightly missing from my list um until i pushed myself to think a bit more um was fiction villains um which is interesting because the majority of my favorite fiction books um and fantasy books um are female authors who actually don't write villains they write co- the complex spectrum of of human and um non-human complexity so like Ursula Le Guin mm-hmm. and Octavia Butler do not write villains um but mm-hmm. there is a really badass villain in Maria Dorcia Russell's book The Sparrow and it's the, this alien race this like high society alien race um the Janata and there is a character, the Reshtar, who mutilates our uh, and uh, protagonist in the books, and Oof. it is, and th- he's doing it for um, perverse and sexual needs. But the actual mut- mutilation part of what happens to our protagonist is based on what they think as a compliment or like an evolution of like him moving into the echelons of high society within that culture. So it's just this like Ooh. you've misinterpreted our value system here and you're now in our world. <laughs> Sounds like serious commentary. Oh, it's so good. Um and but there's like horrible violence enacted onto him. I don't as think well. I could stomach that one. It's yeah. such a beautiful book, but so heart wrenching. Um, but I mean just gonna just gonna say, Pixie, you watch some horror movies, so I find that a very interesting reaction <laughs> that you say you can't. I mean, read. I watch horror movies. I watch horror movies with when I'm able to. <laughs> it's like a it's a spectrum of my emotions at the time. Yeah. I, I really enjoy them, but I have to be in an okay headspace to handle it. So I mm-hmm. gauge if I'm okay or not. Mm-hmm. If I want to go there or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um Speaking of which, the two villains that I uh, chose, they're kind of like not on the same planet. Um, So Yzma from The Emperor's New Groove. (laughs) Uh, If you haven't seen this movie, please hurry up and go watch it. It is what year? I don't even know. It's like like the 90s, but it could be the early knots. 
David Spade. John Eartha John, no. John Goodman. John Goodman. And and Eartha Kitt plays Kit. Yzma. Yeah. And the I I'm having trouble because as I'm thinking about her, she is just a delight. Like <laughs> she's a great she's, character. Very vaudevillian. Like Yeah. She's eccentric. She's really old and like cares a lot about how she looks and has very strong will and like wants what she wants and i think that's maybe what's a little appealing it's like badass like i do what i want you know but she's also really evil and you wouldn't want to do she's terrible like she's trying to kill people off and take the throne because she feels slighted and she's she's kind of been and she has been slighted by david spade's character so she's kind of taking revenge absolutely yeah she's taking revenge and but she's also like adorable and spunky and hilarious. Like she has this great sense of humor. Oh my god, her and the comedic timing of her lines. I used to quote. I still do. I used to quote that movie constantly and giggle like a maniac. Mm-hmm. It's just a gift to the world. So, Isma, I think for the energy and the humor and the sassiness, I think that's what's fun about her character. Um, and there's something about the way she looks and behaves that's just really fun to watch uh the other character which is kind of not as fun and a dark a dark you know storyline is magneto from x-men and x-men is my favorite absolute favorite story uh did you get into the comics i I can't i can't remember i'm trying to actually that's my next plan but i really got into x-men because of the movies um and i liked the originals like x1 x2 but it was the reboots you know, that I thought were gorgeous, beautiful, wonderfully acted. And uh, I mean, the first ones were two, but I just, I really fell in love with the reboot movies. And um, Magneto is, half the time I agree with him. It's, re- and half the time I don't, but like he represents truth. And I think that's why I love him. I think that he, you can't ever just not side with him. Because sometimes he's right. Magneto, if you don't know the story, people you know, if people don't know that the story, but really Magneto, weird. Yeah, I mean, what that you wouldn't know or just in general that people wouldn't know. There's anyone in this world that doesn't know Magneto. It's possible. Holy you know, crap. some people don't get into X Men. Who? But who are you people? You should you should you should find out, you know. I mean, he his his foundation story has is that he is a survivor from the Holocaust. He's Jewish and he, uh, his family gets killed by the Nazis. And there's multiple kind, there's multiple storylines of this that people have written because the cool thing about comics is people are always writing different versions of the story. So uh, there's a whole uh, graphic novel I have of him being uh, a Sonder Commando, which is uh, somebody who worked in the ovens helping to burn bodies and so they they deepen his story with a specific role in the in auschwitz but that's not the only story i've seen multiple storylines the point is that we have this person who happens to have this power he can control metal and he gets basically he learns how to control his power by scary nazi mutants Mm. who want to to have his power too Mm. And they and the way he learns how to use his power is by being tortured. Yeah. So he learns how to control his power through pain. 
and he he's lost his family and he's heartbroken and next we see him after this foundational story he's out for revenge and he's lost all faith in humanity yep and he wants to defend all mutants and in x-men the whole storyline being that mutants are people with different abilities or curses however people wish to see them and you can lay all of that right on top of our society uh, <laughs> where you can say people who are mutants are anyone who's different. So people with disabilities, people who are um, not white, people who are um, have mental illness, raising my hand here, um, you know, people who are different. And the reason I love it is because to me, the things that make us different are our superpowers. Uh, because we live in this society where we have all these weird rules that make you awkward and uncomfortable. Um, and X-Men turns it on its head and says, actually, this is what makes you special and important. And Magneto's always fighting for them. And the problem with Magneto is because he's so damaged and he's so bitter, he ends up doing pretty terrible things, nasty things that um, you can't stand by. Mm. You can't, but at the same time, you understand. So I'm always, I'm always in this like middle place with him where I'm, where I'm like, yes, I agree. And then I'm like, why are you doing that? Mm. It's, it's always, and I think that's a genius. Whoever, I guess it was whoever initially wrote him um, was a genius because he never stands still that the the feeling I have on that character is never the same. It's different every time. And I, and that's why I say he's the truth. So those are my two characters. I think Magneto represents a really important aspect of ourselves that we need to always look at. Yeah. Downstream. Like, especially if we think about like unintended consequences, um, which again, like going into comic book land, um, Gotham city is full of, victims that wouldn't Mm. have been there had um you know corrupt government um not been doing their um oligarchy bullshit you know yeah so like um the re-envisioning and uh depth that has been applied to the character of the joker is just i think a real contribution (laughs) to to good modern storytelling you know, a little story time with the Joker. It's really interesting about, I don't know if you have lines. I guess it depends on moods. But, like, there are certain villains I can't handle. And he is the one. I I really, I watched Joker. Um, why am I blanking? Uh, Joaquin Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Uh, the I, I've stomached, like, Christopher, I mean, I loved Christopher Nolan's movies. Heath Ledger, like all that. But I just, I can't ever, I cannot handle watching the Joker. And I think it's because he represents anarchy in a way that I do not, I don't like it. Because to me, it has no heroic, he has no heroic goal. He just wants to, as they say, see the world burn. And I have no respect for that. To me, that has no purpose. To me, that's just, and so he always enrages me. Mm. So I have a hard time enjoying him. And then. I just want to, I just want to respond to that because it's it's beautiful. And I'm. Um, yeah. I'm celebrating the fact that what you possess is something that Bjorn and I had a long road trip in the car conversation about, which is like mm. the the spectrum or scope of um, human tolerance to violence and like people with really high levels of I abhor violence 
and how important they are because like either you're speaking out against violence or you are petitioning you know government action to quell violence these people are very important for the you know for peace and justice movements so yeah i think it was really fun to kind of pathologize and like get out of my um like need to be perfect head because i was like oh my god like my level of disgust around violence is like what if that's really fucking with my ability to like live in this world and he was like no you people who have a really strong disgust with violence are very important we need people like you in this world which i'm like thank you bjorn <laughs> it has, yeah, it has thank been you, bjorn. <laughs> like resounding in my head for like a really long time so i'm just like you know translating that conversation into the now uh, celebrating your high level of disgust for violence. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing is, like, there are scenes, and this is all fantasy, obviously, but, like, scenes, you know, I have rage around certain things that have happened in history, one of them being the Holocaust. And there are scenes in those movies where Magneto is taking action and you're finding yourself feeling, like, uncomfortable. you're right, man. happy about yeah, it. Yeah, it's like, yeah, and of course... Given the same scenario, I would never, no. I would never do that. But it's like in a fantasy, this is the other part about villains that I really wanted us to get to, which is fant- like villains help us process pain mm. and because they're not real. And we were only talking about fantasy. We're not talking about real villains. We're talking about fantasy. And these villains represent parts of us. And for Magneto with this story that he's, that's behind him, that's for helped form him and the people that have helped form him. I mean, there's a scene in First Class, which is a highly recommended movie, in my opinion. And people who are like comic book, like, they might disagree with me. And I'm sorry. Um, But I love that movie. And there's a scene in that movie where he's trying to align with Xavier and he's trying to believe the best in people. And they're trying to help set during the Cold War. And they're trying and the mutants are trying to help man. And they turn on the mutants and they are going to nuke them. And there's this beautiful scene that I really need to share where Magneto, you know, he's trying to kind of see both sides. He's trying to have perspective, but he's about to get killed and he's actually trying to help. And so to save his people, he can control metal. So he turns the nukes around and he aims it towards the humans. And he says, never again. It's really hard for me to not in that moment agree with him. Mm hmm. Do I think that would make things worse? Yes. And of course, it doesn't end up happening. It's stopped. And that's good. But there's these moments, these really important cathartic moments mm. in these movies where you're like, I'm feeling this rage and I'm getting it out of my system. And I think it's important mm-hmm. to address them because it is, it is going back to how the universe works. I mean, we are born from beauty and violence. Mm. We are born from both. And we need to like address them both. And that's what these fantasy stories are for. And that's that's what myth is for yeah so i love that um what i also find yeah. interesting when i kind of investigated what the difference between like a real life villainous situation versus a storybook mm. storyline mm-hmm. is that in how i feel about real as you say holocaust perpetrators versus movie characters it's just yeah. that real life holocaust violence is almost too scary to fathom and be it really is or be be spent too much time in there um it really is and you talked about like how um the actors in schindler's list would have even like been able to go home at night 
but like imaginary villains are way less scary than the real ones like they are we can talk about them like this because they are yeah yeah like you know real life government is actually fucking worse than gotham city yeah like yeah the destabilization like the dominion over unwanted people basically what america did to latin america and yeah first nations indigenous and those people who were forcibly brought here by enslavers yeah real life racists and religious zealots spewing about purity and where that and and also like greedy corporate like the the presidents and shareholders that form oligopolies and gobble up everything in a heartless urge for more power and more profit yep no stories (laughs) could be like could even come close to portraying like the world is so violent and horrific but in such a different way and this is how we process it because when you were saying that about the big business and stuff i was thinking of sauron you know so like it's like you these are the um vehicles in which we process and are able to figure these things out because when you talk about the real ones it's so much darker thank you and yes and x-men and x-men is dealing with the other and the outcasts um, right outcasts and people and like what happens when like they form their own governance and their own power structures and like are ready to rise up yeah (laughs) <laughs> all of the things i mean i think x-men was formed off the civil rights movement was inspired by the civil rights movement mm-hmm. so it's born from that whole time and it's still relevant today mm-hmm. whenever you watch it you can apply it to whatever's happening and you can and you watch it and you're like oh that's how we're now talking about trans people mm-hmm. it's it's just like happening over and over and over again mm-hmm. and so um it's important because i think excellent is x-men is a translator so i think it's always at the top of my list in terms of nice important fantasy and i'm always um digging for more and wanting more movies because every per- every single character whether they're technically a villain or not and the other cool thing not to go on and on about it but the other thing about it is like magneto and xavier two sides of the spectrum xavier believes in the good in people mm-hmm. and magneto has given up you need them both and that's exactly what we're talking about they they represent both of both sides of us yes genius so genius yeah i'm enjoying the rise of the investigation of what's under the hood of some of our kind of older um yeah modern villains like magneto Mm -hmm. um thor loki Mm. those kinds of characters it's fun fun all the reboots are really fun i mean even like if you were going to talk about iron man Mm -hmm. i mean initially he is a villain that's the, that's the interest. Like he is. He's part of this really terrible company who there that are making bombs and blowing up other countries without any responsibility mm-hmm. behind it. But when he finds out what's happening and he almost dies, he has a wake up moment. Mm-hmm. That's a really interesting person, someone who is not great and then becomes better. That's a beautiful story arc too. Yep. So. Oh yeah, he's a great mythology. He's a great example of antihero. <laughs> Yeah, I guess he would be. Yeah, I really enjoyed that first movie. That was my favorite one. But Same seas. Yeah. Um, Villains. <laughs> so um, we talked about, and we even kind of um, covered like the well-roundedness of villains, but like in terms of um, motivations that we can understand, I feel like we handled and tackled that. But what, what, what do villains help teach us
Well, I think they teach us to things that are coming up are pay attention, listen, not hide from dark things. Mm. Pay attention, get involved, mm. ask questions. I really think that's what these characters do is they, they encourage us to do that. They ask us, where's your line? How do you feel? What do you believe in? Why do you not like what this person is doing? Why are you sometimes agreeing with them? Without the weight and the heaviness of the real villains that we're dealing with. Yeah. They make us wiser and they call out to parts of ourselves that we are probably sometimes afraid of looking at. Yes. Negative emotions, shadowy mm -hmm. aspects. Shadow sides. Yeah. Parts of us that maybe we don't want to look at sometimes. And I also really like what you say around pay attention because like, you know, our premise around um, the vehicle of the podcast is myth and fairy tales and fairy tales. Yeah. Um, villains are, are providing a very important purpose of like, how do you recognize danger? Yeah. How, yeah. Mm -hmm. How do you pass down instructions? <laughs> and yes, they teach us how to know. Yeah. And how to appreciate boundaries and death. Yeah. And magic. Um, you know, that magic can be there. Your ancestors and your guardians can be there to protect you when you're being pursued or persecuted. Like pray to the ancestors. Yeah. And what does it mean? What does villain really mean? Yeah. Because we talked about this, as I said before, in The Witcher and what's a what's a monster? Mm -hmm. What's a villain? Mm -hmm. Why do we call them that? Yeah. Like for me, the heartlessness, the unsatiated hunger for power, the desire yeah. for riches or domination, like this kind of mad beast energy, unpredictable, mercurious, mm -hmm. mysterious is scary. So they, for me, they represent fear. They represent what it feels yeah. like to be helpless or to be running from something and to be like scared of your mortality. Yeah, like, you know, sometimes when Magneto is saving other mutants and defending them, uh, I'm feeling good feelings towards him. But then I was just rewatching one of the movies and he does really nasty, terrible stuff to Wolverine and violent, sadistic, mean spirited, like sometimes in certain scenarios almost kills him. And I love, you know, Wolverine and whether I love him or not, any anyone without any kind of capacity to resist inflicting pain, violence, death on someone, no matter what's been done to you, is abhorrent to me. While I understand the sentiment, he he gets out of control. His rage gets the better of him and he does unforgivable things. So it's such a fast, you know, X-Men is such a fascinating thing because you'll see episodes where we're Magneto's helping them. Mm. And you'll see episodes where Magneto is trying to kill them, his own people. Yeah. He's so wrapped up in his his want for revenge that he'll kill the people he he says he's trying to protect. So he's a hypocrite. So like sometimes I don't like him, you know. Sometimes I think he's a terrible person and I cannot stand him. But then sometimes I get really mad at Xavier 
for being too much of a wuss and like trusting too much. So I could talk about those two constantly because they're so key in where your line is and there needs to be a balance between those two energies. One or the other is not enough or too much. Mm -hmm. If you keep perpetuating violence, it will never stop. It needs to stop with you. And that's where I agree with Xavier. And so even though he annoys me sometimes, <laughs> but you, if you keep doing it, it never ends. So you have to stop no matter. And then that that goes into another part of this, which might be with our shadow sides, how do we resolve it? Mm. What are the healthy ways of resolving our pain mm. so there's no more continuance of violence and trauma? And that's really important and the hardest thing. Yeah. And we're seeing it playing out in the world right now. Yeah, Israel Palestine. So, yeah, it's going right. It's going on right now. So we're just going to yeah. let people go until there's no more bombs. Is that is that what we're saying? That's unacceptable. Yeah. 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 Um some other villains that I wanted to bring up and I would love to get your reaction to. These are from ChatGPT. <laughs> <laughs> Get over it. I'm, I'm, I'm never going to get over it. Keep going. Darth Vader. My thoughts on Darth Vader? Oh, Darth Vader. What an excellent villain. And How what a great character to talk about. Like, they have their own theme song. When music well, yes. elicits the vibe. Like, do you remember Peter and the Wolf? And how, like, Peter yes. and the Wolf had, yes. like, the Wolf had, and, like, the music was fucking terrifying. Same thing with Darth yes. Vader. Like, so, like... So good. Darth Vader, guys, that scene at the end when Luke kills the Emperor mm. and he takes off Darth Vader's helmet mm. and he says, Luke, you were right about me. I'm like tearing up talking about it. Oh. And he says, you were right about me. And, and Luke's like, no, I'm going to save you. And he's like, you already did. I'm like tearing up. It's such a beautiful scene. Mm. I wait with bated breath for that part every time I watch that movie. Yes. It's just so much about, I mean, you could talk about family with that yes. and ancestral pain. There's something really moving about the way Luke has to come full circle with his father. Mm. And whatever that represents to you, I'm literally like almost crying. <laughs> I didn't. I can't believe I didn't think of Darth Vader, but he is so evil. Mm. But somehow his love for his son and his true self at the end comes through and he saves him. It's just um, the most beautiful resolution yeah. to our pain. It's it's definitely yeah. what I was just saying. It's the healing of pain. So yeah. thank you, ChatGPT. Lord Voldemort. Asshole. Oh, how did I not think of these? Yeah. First of all, Ray Fiennes, you beautiful, amazing actor. <laughs> you have terrified me most of my life because I've never seen you in anything that isn't terrifying. <laughs> Except for Made in Manhattan with Jennifer Lopez. Unfortunately, I have watched that movie. <laughs> and he's like a romantic it, it is so cringe. But it's hilarious because he's playing this love interest and I'm just like, all I see is Voldemort. <sighs> anyway. Um, also, I love that to get into character, he had to wear like some like silk based nylons. Like he wore stockings he and that nylons. like help him, helped him get into character. I don't yes. know if he's technically method, but like a method actor, but he is just, he becomes the character. Voldemort is 
I have a hard time having sympathy for that particular villain. I don't think you're he supposed is, to. I don't think you're supposed no, to. No, this he is a dark wizard. Goes dark wizard. He goes all the way with his resentment and his racism. Mm. He mm. he just goes all in on the evil spells mm. and the breaking and the cutting of his soul and just is like, "Yep. Hide in horcruxes." And he he becomes I mean, he always is terrifying, but as you get, as he gets revealed to you in the story, he becomes yeah. more. And by the end, because at first it's like a kid's movie. Yeah. And then you get to the end and you're like, this is full on horror movie going on. Like sadistic. Did you read the books? Torture. I did. Okay. Yeah. I did read the books. I did not. I like the, I like the movies better, but yeah. it's, he is the distortion when you talk about monsters he is when you get bitter and you get self-important. He's like the representation of how dark humanity can go. Yeah. He's just that. He's like Hitler. He's like Hannibal Lecter. You've accepted the Yeah. Same. Same. I would say same. Right? Also mentally not well. <laughs> like needs the violence support. The in violence that way. spectrum has now <laughs> gone off the radar. Yeah. Gone off the radar. <laughs> It's like so you go scary. to a place and you're like, Anthony I don't Hopkins, even want to talk about you. <laughs> Anthony fucking nailed it. <gasps> and also, nailed it. Ray Fiennes. Oh, is it Ray Fiennes? Yeah. Doesn't he play um, Hannibal Lecter? Is a prequel? Yeah. No, no, no It's a po- sequel. I'll look it up because I don't want to say this wrong. It's the sequel after because he learns from Hannibal Lecter's tactics. I never watched it. And they communicate it. via prison. Because Silence of the Lambs permanently yeah. traumatized no, me. No, Silence of the Lambs um, comes first. Hannibal Lecter's yeah, imprisoned. And then Ray Fiennes' character becomes obsessed with both him oh. and the mythology of William Blake's character, um, the Red Dragon. Oh, wow. Did you watch all of these? You are brave. Um, oh, yeah. Ray Fiennes. Obsessed. Ooh. I'm obsessed. I yeah, I, I, I understand. Terrifying. Um, yeah. <laughs> I love that cat. Even Jodie Foster, I think she said she was a little afraid when she was acting. I no I one with interacted him. with him on that set. He would stay. He would. Yeah. He was in isolation the whole time. Oh, so he was methoding himself and like becoming Oof. correct. Um, no, thank you. I love this contribution, Count Dracula. Dracula. Okay. Okay. So we just watched this movie, The Voyage of the Demeter. Have you seen it or seen the previews of it? <gasps> It was beautiful. I didn't watch the whole thing because I was like mildly not interested because Dracula never really interested me. But I was curious. So about... Vampires are sexy in my book, but not to me. Dracula. I hate vampires. I've seen one imagining of Dracula being hot. The rest of them are not hot. I, yeah, I've never been into vampires. I always am just like never into the, that whole mythology. I've just never been into it. And I was looking up at what Dracula's about because I don't really know the history. And it's just like this guy who like sold his soul to Satan or something. And I'm yeah, just like. That, that bit's dumb. The Vlad the Impaler. I'm just like. I mean, there's some he's, racism there. Oh, yeah, probably. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm like, okay, you seem like a jerk. You become a bat type thing who likes to suck blood <laughs> and you're immortal. Or the idea that you and, can lose your soul with like, like you get, there's a tipping point to violence. Like once you kill. Yeah. Once you kill 400, that's it. Your soul is gone and you will walk the earth in mortal and drink their blood. Oh, so I wonder if that's kind of what was pulled in for Voldemort because that was about your soul splits every time you kill somebody until you're like nothing is left, which I always thought was I fixated on that 
part of that story, which was such a dark. Glad you brought that up. But That's very good. Me- good because once you go and you do that terrible thing, mm. you can't really go back. So then, then it is like, a really good hellish. like war based question. Like how much violence would would break you and rip you from your access to your soul? I mean, if you inch into a little bit of what war has done to all of our people and anyone who's been in war, I mean, we've damaged whole generations of people yeah. from it yeah, permanently. So, you know, it's not these characters are necessary for us to process the horrors of society. They really are. I mean, they're necessary. They're like. um, Just gestures of something that's real, because it's again, like you said. Dracula represents soul-sucking governments or, you know, war machine. It's just this kind of emotionless – because he has no – I mean, not based on what I've seen, Dracula has absolutely no, like, empathy or – love or he's just so incorrect really there's more to him okay so then i stand corrected but based on what i've seen i'm just like (laughs) i'm like you're just like a jerk like i don't really know i'm supposed to feel about you you're kind of gross don't really like the blood thing okay so no thanks a little bit more from chat gbt i was like that's interesting list you know the darth vader lord Voldemort. thanks for bringing that up chat gbt i totally forgot um but then i was like okay like let me narrow this down what about top villains from um folk tales that represent each continent because i wanted it to be very specific oh wow so what i found very interesting was um africa got um anansi the spider with the trickster which incorrect not a villain <laughs> asia no asia was a hindu um uh person person uh god um ravana the ten-headed demon king from Ramayana, who captures Sita and is defeated by Lord Rama. I'm pretty sure that that battle is what Diwali is about. Um, and then in Europe, they ChatGPT said Big Bad Wolf, which is like the ultimate antagonist okay. in European fairy tales. North okay. America was the Wendigo, the Algonquin um, mythical creature that is a cannibal. Oh. South America was El Chupacabra, oh. the um, creature that drinks blood from the livestock and it yeah. you know attacks people. Um, Australia was the Bunyip, uh, uh, the mythical creature that is associated with water holes and depicted as a dangerous spirit. So that's a more of like a like all of those feel like warning. So like Ravana is definitely like the destruction of darkness. Um, Europe, North America, South America, and Australia to me feel like here are some warnings like be careful in the woods, be careful near water, be careful with your livestock. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah, so it's like wherever you're, whatever the landscape is or the environment is, yeah. the the scary villain monster has to do with that place. Instruct- that makes and sense. it's instructive. Yeah. And then I was like, okay, well, what about um, – folk tales that are people because i was like these are oh this is like not quite hitting the sweet spot for me what about people? yeah i was getting more like mythological creatures yeah exactly so then it was like africa was anansi's son which is what <laughs> i was like okay i guess because anansi now has a son gpt humanized which is incorrect because anansi is like a spider um lady white um 
like Chinese folklore where Lady White has supernatural powers and appears as a beautiful woman in a lot of tragedies. Okay, here's the good one. Bluebeard in Europe. Isn't isn't he a pirate? No. Uh, Bluebeard. I don't know who he is. <laughs> Bluebeard is from a lot of fairy tales and he's like a wealthy, oh. he's like a king or a nobleman who murders his wives oh. and has a, um, a, a dungeon where he keeps all the skeletons of his wives. Oh, wow. I don't know that story. Interesting. Oh, snaps. Um, that's, I, I came across I just like, Bluebeard oh, like quite a few times. And then um, mm. uh, the book, uh, Women Who Run With the Wolves, does a great job of expanding on Blue, Bluebeard. The chapter on Bluebeard is amazing. And then, like I said, La Llorona in Mexican and Southwestern folktale. She's the weeping woman who drowns children and wanders around crying. Um, I mean, how cool are these? I was like, thank you, ChatGBT. And then I was like, okay, so TV movie characters. And then that's where like the Hannibal Lecter, Cersei, yeah. Lannister. Oh, yeah. Okay. Forgot about her. Yeah. She was a complex villain. Mm-hmm. Um, here's the interesting thing. Is Walter White from Breaking Bad? A villain. Yes. Cool. Good to know. 100%. That's how you feel about it. That's what I came to. Oh, I I, like I went into it thinking. Ambiguous. I don't. I think he becomes a heinous, terrible person, and I am not on his side at all. He gets no sympathy from me. Like it. Walter White, no. Cool. <laughs> I was so mad at him by the end. <laughs> I love this one. I love this one from TV. Sideshow Bob. Don't know who that is. Oh, you did not do Simpsons. I a little bit of Simpsons. Okay, I've been more in the South Park place, but I don't know. My, I know a little bit of the Simpsons, okay. but not enough. Sideshow Bob is a is. perfect villain. I thought that was awesome. Okay, um, Kaiser Sose from The Usual Suspects. Uh, so good. These are so. I don't good. know that either. Scar from The Lion King. Oh yes, yes, yes. He is very nasty. <laughs> yeah. And then I said, okay, so give me. Um, folktales, specifically folktales. I want folktales. And um, ChatGBT was happy to oblige. Um, so I said, of these cultures, Slavic, Celtic, Romani, African. Um, and it really, the African one, it, would, it is not giving up Anansi the spider as a villain. I'm like, it's not. But then um, also Eshu, which is another tricked Yoruba um, deity, and Mami Wata, who is another um, uh, subcontinent deity, sometimes malevolent, sometimes not. So I feel like that's really incorrect. They really don't understand African cultures. Um, well, and then isn't there tons of comment commentary on ChatGPT being a reflection of the flaws in our brains because it's made by humans, right? So like it's going to have blind spots that we have already. Yeah. Um. Romani is the Shadan, um, which is a trickster figure as well. So, again, not good analysis out there around the difference between a trickster and a villain. And then the tricksters aren't villains. There's literally devil. So the Romani have a term for the devil in um, in their tales. Um, Celtic is the uh, Puka, which is a shape-shifting okay. creature. Banshee, which, again, interesting, not a villain. Um and Fomorians, which is a group of supernatural beings depicted as hostile or monstrous. Yeah, natural creatures go more into the 
natural environment things that they just kind of are part of the environment that villains to me are like people who choose to do nasty things so what would you how would you categorize baba yaga um unnatural environmental being okay like i i don't she i mean she i don't feel like she has i feel like she's part of something larger than her i feel like she represents what she represents is like the cycles of nature not someone doing something nasty to people because they enjoy it that's not really what i get from that yeah character what i do like about chat gbt's um uh proclamation or caveat at the at the end was um actual stories are significantly varied across regions and communities um folk tales often serve as a way to convey cultural values morals and lessons so even though i asked sure. for villains from folk tales it said at the end, this is probably not true because they're more about values and morals and lessons, which I appreciate. Yes. Accurate. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, I'm so glad I got some, what do you think of this content from you on that? Which, I mean, l- let's yeah. just say this marks a very significant turning point for me that I would um, decide that I'm going to um, learn what chat GPT is and what like AI generative um interaction models are about so learning learning but it is definitely not me condoning the theft of intellectual labor yeah at all yeah and fair no no i mean it's it's an interesting uh like tool that has some interesting potential Right now, I'm just really freaked out by it. Same. So this I think marks I, my first interaction, yeah. my first actual interaction. Interesting. Yeah. To me, it's more fun. Like that was more of a fun, like jaunt. Yep. To see with skepticism mm. to see what it would say, mm. but it's also an interesting mirror or reflection on what we're putting into that stuff, what it's collecting, and what it gets from humans. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that's really fascinating. Yep. So the only thing that I don't know if I like covered per se was like what kind of villains we think we would be if we were to be a villain. So do you want to, oh. shall we end on that? Yeah. So I think I would be in the kind of creature, shapeshifter, morphe, ambiguous realm. Although I think the other version of me, like if I were to choose two types of villains, the other one would be like the um, the dark wizard, <laughs> not the Sauron um, um, Voldemort dark wizard, but the Jafar style wizard, like the sorcerer with like a desire, like eccentric. <laughs> it's hilarious. I'm trying not um, to get too sexually graphic, so I'll leave it there. <laughs> please. <laughs> I, yeah, that's crazy. I think for me, with all honesty, as far as I'd go, would be a Robin Hood type character, um, breaking the rules to help other people. But I could never uh, be any kind of violent or um, life ending. I don't think I'm capable. Of, I just don't think my, um, like, I wanted to say Magneto, but I'm not even a like point. a fire goddess. I could totally see you. 
Like, yeah, sure, the fire goddess, but like, I would be like discerning with my fire, and I wouldn't kill anybody. I would like burn down maybe like something around the perimeter, but I wouldn't like actually do any harm. Like, I, I just, I, I just don't think harm is productive to people, so I wouldn't ever be a villain like that. Mm. So. But but for me, it's just I'm just being very honest. For me, that. like I could see very myself sweet. being, I guess. I mean, it's just I can't be anything else. I I could see myself being uh, steal from the rich to give to the poor type of villain, um, breaking the rules, you know, to save somebody. But I could never be harming anyone, no matter how bad they were. Which really puts because... you in the category of anti-hero more than a villain. I guess so. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if I could be a real villain yeah. because I I abhor and I'm so put off by some of the things that like even my favorite villain has done. Okay. So, I'm glad that we got to investigate a little bit of that. Yeah, this was fascinating. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, yeah. Okay. So, that's us. Um more in opportunity for conversation in Substack. Um, and check out our notes involving that within the Substack. stack. Uh, dingy Yeah. And let us know your favorite villain and why and what villain you might be. I'm guessing we've left off like and, a really cool one. So I want to know if. Oh, definitely. Yeah. We sh- I'm sure we have. And uh, if you'd like to come on and talk about villains with us and you have some thoughts, I would love to do that. So let us know. We would both love to do that. And yeah, so stay tuned. More episodes coming. As always, the music we use for our podcast entitled Whimsical Aliens was written and performed by Alejandro Bernard from Ithaca, New York. Please subscribe and like his music tutorials on YouTube as they are so charming. And you can also become a Patreon to his work. Bjorn always edits and produces our project. Thank you so much, Bjorn, for your support. And we will see you next time. See you next time. Thank you.